Hey, this is Caleb Clay, Associate Pastor of Anchor Faith Church here in Valdosta, Georgia. We want to thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We believe that it will minister to you and be a blessing to your life. Now get ready to receive a word from God. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. He immediately gives us a contrast between internal and external. Immediately gives us a contrast between outside and inside. But then he says this, you will know them by their fruits. Know this, that fruit is always determined by what's on the inside, not on the outside. You can't fake fruit. Amen? You can't fake fruit. You can't pretend uh, to be an orange if you're really an apple. You can't uh, bear apples if you're an orange tree. Amen? And so he's talking about what really matters. He's talking about what ought to be a priority. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, that's external, but inwardly, inside, they are ravenous wolves, and you will know them by their fruits. So he's saying, if you can't really tell what's going on, just wait until they start producing something. Just wait until you start seeing some results show up. Just give them a little bit. Their character will come through. Integrity will take place. And, and, and before you know it, you will really know what they're made of. Amen. That's what he's saying. He says, you will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes, thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. You ever notice that an apple tree doesn't have to have a sign on it that says, I'm an apple tree. The fruit will tell you what it is. And even if it said that and it was nailed to an orange tree, eventually the fruit's going to come out and the fruit's going to show, no, I'm really an orange tree. So a good tree bears good fruit. A bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. He goes on to say, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So apparently, it's not a one-time event that gets me into heaven or gets me recognition by God. It is, it is what I do consistently, continually. It's what I practice. If we're practicing lawlessness, that's what determines my recognition from my father. He says, I, I, I never even knew you. I, I don't even know who you are. Remind me. You don't want you, you to have to remind God who you are. <laughs> when that day comes, hey, God, remember me? It's Mark right here. I preached a couple times. Now, you don't want to have to remind yourself. You don't want to have to, you know, be sad to get to heaven and have to introduce yourself to God. That would be pretty sad. No, I want to get up there and say, hey, we're on speaking terms. This, we're familiar. Remember me? We just talked the other day. I just spoke to you earlier today. Amen. What I want to get to tonight, I want to, I guess I would title this gatekeepers. Gatekeepers. And, um, not here to talk about, you know, righteous and unrighteous and, and, you know, kind of some of the things that a lot of these voices, verses can hone in on. 
I want to focus on our hearts tonight. Uh, because what I see happening in our world today is we're leaving the most valuable, the most vulnerable. We're leaving the most valuable, the most vulnerable. You know, when you really value something, you don't leave it just sitting around anywhere. You, you, you don't just leave it in a place where it's vulnerable. You, 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 you hide things, you protect things, you guard things, you have things that, that are watching over valuable things in your life. If you have valuable jewelry, it's probably should be tucked away somewhere that, uh, you know, it's not typically, you know, accessed or bumped into or lost or, or forgotten of. No, you've got it in a special place. Uh, you know, I remember my wife has been asking me to clear out our garage for seven years. Clear out the garage for seven years. And for seven years, I kept putting it off. But then I bought a new truck. I cleared it out the next day. The night that I bought it was the only night it's ever been parked in the driveway overnight. I cleared it out the next day. Hey, got on it. Why? Because I found value in it. I didn't find value in clearing out a garage just so it could be empty space. Now I got something to put in there now. We're going to tuck it away. It's not going to have rain on it. It's not going to be sitting out in the sun. It's not going to be staying out overnight. Someone can break into it. Anybody ever had a car broken into in your own driveway? I have. I literally have. Sure have. And so I what? Put something valuable, valuable in a place where it's not vulnerable. But I see people leaving our hearts unguarded day in and day out, letting anything to have access to our hearts. But yet we're finding out here, it's what on the inside that really matters. And so we put on projections and we put on perceptions, but the reality is, is what really determines who we are and what we produce comes from the inside that we're letting anybody have access to. It's unguarded. And according to this passage, I need to give extra attention to what's on the inside. I need to guard what's on the inside. Proverbs chapter 4 speaks to this. Proverbs chapter 4 speaks to this. And in um, in verse 20, Proverbs chapter 4, in verse 20, we see some more value added to our hearts, to what's on the inside. Proverbs chapter four and verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. He says this in verse 23. Keep your heart. That word keep means to guard. It means to protect. It means to maintain. That word keep means to guard, protect, maintain. Keep your heart with all diligence. Diligence means it's not something that I do every now and then, but I'm disciplined to maintain it on a consistent basis. If you think of being diligent at something, it's not something that's forgotten. It's not something that's just done every now and then inconsistently. But when I'm diligent with something, that means I'm giving attention and being intentional with, with, with watching over that thing or making sure that thing gets done. You don't call someone diligent that uh, shows up on time one day a week. You don't call someone diligent that accomplishes a task 
uh, uh, you know, three days after they were expected to get it turned in or expected to get it done. No, diligence means I'm given high priority. And you know, we talk about this a lot because our priorities reveal our values. Our priorities reveal our values. You want me to know what's valuable in your life? Show me where your priorities are at. And typically, we, we, we tend to believe that we have higher values than we do priorities, but it doesn't work that way. If you have a value for family and uh, uh, spending time with your family, then guess what? They are made a priority. They're, they're, they're given a place on the list, typically at the top. You know, sometimes we have to rearrange our priorities to align with what we say we value. You know, every now and then I've recognized in my own life, even in ministry, that my values aren't necessarily my priorities. I value this, but I haven't made priority of it. Well, they can't contradict. They have to correspond. They have to align with one another. And so he's saying, keep your heart with all diligence. Guard your heart with all intention. Guard your heart by giving it attention, not letting it become something that's, in, uh, that's an afterthought. You know, a lot of times we only give attention to our hearts when they're hurt. A lot of times we only give attention to our hearts when they're struggling. Just think about it naturally. Just think about your natural heart. I mean, I'll be honest, I don't really give a whole lot of thought to, to, to my heart on a daily basis especially when I'm sitting at McDonald's, you know, you know, taking down a 99 cent cheeseburger that was fixed in about, you know, 10 seconds. I'm sure not giving attention to my heart then, am I? But if it's doing something irregular, if it's doing something unfamiliar, uh, if it's a dysfunctional heart, guess what we start doing? Then we start giving attention to it. We start giving stuff to it to what? Correct the situation. This is what we do in life. We're, we're reactive rather than proactive. But there are proactive ways to watch your heart. There's proactive ways that I'm gonna do something with intention before I have a problem to ensure I don't have a problem or at least when a problem arises, I'm in a position to defend it and ward it off. See, doing things proactively doesn't keep me from trouble. It keeps me out of trouble. But trouble may come, challenges arise, things will come to attack your heart. But if you have a healthy heart, then you can fight off any struggles or issues or challenges that may come to attack your heart. Okay? So what does he say? Keep your heart with all diligence. This is why. For out of it spring the issues of life. Out of it spring the issues of life. So what's he saying? Guard what's coming in because there's an expectation of what should come out. Guard what's coming in because there's an expectation of what. See, your heart should be busy giving something away. Your heart is a channel. Your heart is where things flow through in your life. And if our hearts are unguarded, unchecked, unprotected, not properly maintained, uh, look, it, we, we can't complain about what comes in if we dis, we can't complain about what comes out if we disregard what goes in. 
I can't complain about what comes out when I disregard what goes in. I need to have checks. I need to have guards. I need to protect. I need to have gatekeepers standing at the gate of my heart. Because I've got something to give away. Look at your neighbor. Tell him, you've got something to give away. Tell him right now, you've got something to give away. Your heart should be working for you, not against you. Your heart should be working for you, not against you. Your heart has something to give away. There are people that need your heart. They need your heart working. They need your heart active. They need your heart in a, in a posture where it can give away life. But when we're taking on death, we'll never give away life. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. In the New Living, and we were unable to get the New Living loaded on the screen for you, but I can read it for you. You can jot it down. If you have, uh, you know, one of those cool digital devices, then you can look it up there. Uh, but in the New Living, it says it this way. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. For they bring life to those who find them in healing to their whole body. Guard your heart, watch this, above all else. Guard your heart above all else. For it determines the course of your life. It determines the course of of your life. Did you know that your heart can set the direction of your life? I mean, come on, we all know people that in their 60s are battling things that were that where their heart was contaminated when they were 6. Determined the course of their life. Females with issues towards men or men with issues towards females or uh, maybe uh, someone having an issue towards an authority figure or whatever the case is. These things set the course of our lives. How far down the course of your life do you want to get before you correct the course? And I'm going to tell you right now, the further you get, the harder to correct. The further you get, the harder to correct. It's difficult to correct things that have uh, become patterned and habitual. You've heard me talk about it a lot lately, but now I'm coaching my son's all-star baseball team, eight-year-old all-stars, if you want to call them that. We'll, we'll, that's yet to be determined. We will find out if you're an all-star. We're going to turn you into an all-star. But I got this one kid that uh, apparently whoever his coach was allowed him to uh, develop some very horrible habits when swinging the bat. He couldn't hit one kid. I mean, the biggest kid out there, if he gets a hold of one, he's going to take it out. But he's swinging like he's trying to knock it into Florida. It's habits. Habits. So now I've got to go to the basics and it's harder to correct the longer uh, his last coach worked towards his habits because he can hit the ball if it's down here because he has this big old uppercut swing and he can hit it down there. If I throw it where it's supposed to be, he can't hit it. 
So sure, as a coach, I could appeal and appease his horrible habit, or we could just go ahead and correct it and say, you know what, let's get this thing fixed because anywhere you wanna go from here on out is gonna be determined by what we do right now. Well, how many times do we have to endure this in life? And it all starts on the inside. See, we wanna correct the problem at the wrong place. We wanna correct the problems at the symptom level. We wanna correct issues where we see it. We want to correct the problem. And, 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 and what Jesus is saying in Matthew chapter seven is, hey, I'm not interested in behavior modification. You've heard us talk about this before. Jesus isn't interested in just modifying behavior. Sure, we can make it look right all day long. You can put on the sheep's clothing all you want, but still internally, you're ravenous wolves. And eventually a wolf produces wolf fruit. A wolf will never produce sheep fruit. So if you really wanna produce what you pretend to be producing, you've gotta change what's on the inside. You gotta get down to where nobody wants to go. You've gotta, it's more painful to fix problems under the surface than it is on the surface. Sure, I understand. Surgery is way more painful than a Band-Aid. But if you really want to heal, if you really want to fix the problem where it's at, where do you got to go? To the root. It's what you do with the root that determines the fruit. But we just want to change the fruit. We've talked about this. Behavior modification. We want to nail apples to apple trees and call it a productive apple tree. No, no, no. We've got to do some digging. We're going to have to water this thing. We're going to have to really work where the real problem is. And so we've got to keep our heart, maintain our heart, for out of it springs the issues of life, for it determines the course of your life. We see this reiterated in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, verses 6 and 7. Philippians chapter 4. Verses six and seven, and we've heard this one before. Talking about our heart. What is valuable should not be left vulnerable. What is valuable should not be left vulnerable. Philippians chapter four and verse six. Every anxious person's favorite verse, be anxious for nothing. (laughs) Thanks, Paul. Great. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Verse seven, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will what? Will guard, guard your hearts and your minds through Christ. Jesus, what he's saying here is we need to have some guards up. We need to have some gatekeepers. We need to have some things standing between the world and your heart. There are just some things, can I say this? There are just some things in this life that should not have access to your heart. They should not have access to your heart. It shouldn't have free access, free reign to get to your heart. 
And I'm talking to men and women in here. I know this can typically sound like, you know, something that females deal with, but I can tell you right now, there are just as many men that have opened up their hearts to toxic, uh, 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 corrupting things that tear apart our hearts just as much as females do. And we just may not show it as well as females do, but it's tearing us up on the inside. And just because we're not talking about it doesn't mean it's not happening. It's absolutely true. Thank you for that confirmation, Kyle. It's absolutely true. There are words. I I have let words that people didn't even mean get into my heart. And I, 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 I sat on it. I focused on it. I thought about it. And before I knew it, I was a complete wreck, a complete mess. And they didn't even know they did anything damaging. Absolutely. They had no clue. Wasn't done intentionally. They didn't wake up in the morning and say, I wonder how I can tell, tear Pastor Mark's heart up. I wonder how I can affect him today. Oh, I know what I'll do. No, they had no clue, but it's because of how I received it, not because of how they said it. Come on now. This this is everyday stuff. We leave our hearts just laying around rather than guarding it, protecting it, watching over it, getting gatekeepers out there saying, you know what? I'm not going to let those words get to me. There's a reason why Jesus talked about offense and offenses. And he was very clear, look, you are never going to be void or rid of the opportunities for offense. Even I have opportunities for offense. And you will have opportunities where I can offend you, but don't get offended. The offense may not be your choice, but getting offended is every single time. But how many times, you know, we see offended people, they're in the victim role and they are the ones, when when you build an offense towards them, you're building your own prison. You're locking yourself in. No, we want healing. We want forgiveness. We want to recognize where our hearts are, are vulnerable so that we can guard them and protect them. He says here in Philippians chapter four, that anxiety ultimately is a result of leaving my heart open, my mind Being unguarded yields the fruit of anxiety, yields the fruit of worry, fear. No, I've got to learn to to guard against those things. This is where life flows from. And so we've we've got to maintain our heart. This is the thing that I've learned And um, I I said this a few years ago, and it just bears repeating. Sometimes the things that are the most painful in the moment are the most beneficial in the long term. Sometimes it's the things that are the most painful in the moment that yield the greatest results in the long term. I know it's not something you want to dig into. I know that guarding our heart isn't necessarily something that, that, you know, we're all just, yay, guard our hearts, woo. Let's have a guard our heart session. Doesn't work that way. But it's something that you recognize long-term is going to protect me. Long-term is going to help me yield results of forgiveness, yield results of joy, yield results of peace in my life, yield results of the desired fruit that I want to see. It doesn't feel good in the moment. Working out doesn't feel good in the moment. Cardio doesn't feel good in the moment. Eating the right thing doesn't feel good in the moment. But in the long run, I'm going to be much better off. But just 
as uh, important. On the flip side, the things that we enjoy the most in the moment can be the most dangerous in the long run. It only takes a moment to put a seed in a heart that will produce years and years, generations even. Could it be that there's a seed planted in my heart in a moment that could produce something that my grandkids will struggle with? That's a reality. That's, is that a reality, Jerry Ann? That's absolutely a reality. That if we will guard our hearts in the moments, that's where we have to be. That's why we've got to be armored, protected, maintaining, guarding on the daily. This is not something, you've heard it, let your guard down. It's that moment. The enemy is looking for those moments where you let your guards down. It's absolutely what he's looking for. Because he knows it only takes a little bit. It only takes a little bit. That's why, I, you know, I, parents, we have to be guarding what our kids are seeing. Please, please guard what your children are seeing. And this is the thing. I don't care if it's not intentional. You know how many men are stuck in horrible addictions today because something that wasn't intentional, it was accidental. They accidentally saw it. They accidentally did it. They actually accidentally came across that. And because of an accident... I'm not saying your kids are horrible, ruthless children that are out to get you and just looking for the worst avenue possible. I'm saying that they can accidentally see the wrong thing and it can be something they combat for the rest of their lives and generations beyond them. Yes. And in today's day and age, there are more, if I can put it this way, it's more necessary in 2019 to guard these opportunities than ever before. To stay on guard. Because it's everywhere. Sure, my son may be watching Ryan's toy review on YouTube, which I think is ridiculous anyways, but it's just a little 15 second clip before that. It's what he wasn't intending to see, but he sees it. So I got to be aware of these things. I want to raise awareness tonight. I want to raise awareness for heart health. I want to raise awareness for heart health. Sounds like a Cheerios ad. Let's raise awareness. I hear Cheerios is good for your heart or something. I don't know. I want to give you three things tonight that your heart affects. Say it that way. Three things that your heart affects. Three things that your heart determines. And they're all found here in Proverbs chapter four. But this is why it's important to guard the heart, guard the root. Because from it flows the issues of life. If we don't guard our hearts, we're gonna have issues in other areas. We're gonna have issues in other areas. In Proverbs chapter four, jump back to verse 23 again. It says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life for that's where you determine your course. Verse 24 says, put away from you a deceitful mouth 
and put perverse lips far from you. The first area that I want us to see that your heart can contaminate or your heart will affect is your mouth, your talk. Usually what comes out of the mouth is what's in the heart. What comes out of the mouth is what's in the heart. Luke chapter 6 and verse 45, you can keep your finger there in um, Proverbs 4. But in Luke chapter 6 and verse 45, Jesus says it this way, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Now listen, I'm not just talking about bad words, although, you know, it carries. If you're around a lot of profanity and listening to a lot of profanity, guess what's coming out of your mouth? But it goes the same for negative talk. It goes the same for foolish talk. Uh, If I can put it this way, uh, it goes the same for words that contradict what the word says. The only thing that should ever be coming out of our mouths is what the word of God says. Even about a situation. You know, we're a church that believes in the power of confession. We believe in the words that our, the, the, the power that our words contain and your words can, dile- and can direct your life. Typically what you say is what you see. If you wanna see something different, say something different. Absolutely. The same God that created the worlds with a word put his image and likeness in you. Likeness means function or or how we operate. So if his words contain that kind of power, what about our words? Uh, Mark chapter 11, verse 23 and 24 says to what? Speak to the mountain. Speak to the mountain. So many times we, we will have words that come out of our mouth that align with the contamination of our heart. And guess what? We're not speaking life. We're speaking death. We're speaking the wrong thing. And what I say is what I see. You know, you can talk yourself happy. You sure can. Positive words. I mean, that's not even a a biblical thing. That's just like a a scientific, natural thing that if you'll you'll just say something contradicting what you're feeling, where you're at, I mean, but we say things. You know, my back is killing me. Is your back literally killing you? I I don't know who I was talking to the other day, but, or it was actually a conversation I overheard two people and one person uh, was talking about pet peeves and they were like, I literally hate that. And then the other person said, well, my pet peeve is when people overuse the word literally. (laughs) That's my pet peeve. I literally can't stand you saying literally as much as you say it. What is, what is literal? What is figurative? The line has been so blurred now because we overuse, but what are, we, what are we saying with our mouths? What are we seeing with our eyes 
as a result of what we're saying with our mouths? What are we seeing in our life as a result of what's coming out of our mouth? And this is the thing. If I'll change what goes in my heart, I will change what's coming out of my mouth. It'll happen. It absolutely will. He says, out of the abundance of the heart, the man speaks. We see it affects our heart. Number two, there in Proverbs chapter four again, verse 24, recapping, put away from you a deceitful mouth, perverse lips, put perverse lips far from you. Verse 25, let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. The second thing that we see that your heart affects is your eyes. What I think the eyes speak to here is vision. Many times the vision of your life is contaminated by what's going in your heart. Typically what I find as a pastor is people that have a a loud contamination within their heart, they have a very low vision for their lives. They can't see very far ahead of them. You ask them questions like, where do you see yourself in a year? Where do you see yourself in five years? What do you think this business is, what do you think is possible with this business? What, 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 do, you, where do, you, what do you see your growth? Where, what is your progression? And they have no outlook. They have no outlook because they aren't protecting what's going in their heart. It's unguarded, unprotected, not very well maintained. And so as a result of that, their eyes they, 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 their vision is blurred. It also can affect the lens through which you see life. The lens through which you see life. We've talked about lenses a lot of times. I'm wearing lenses right now, but these lenses don't determine what's in front of me. They just determine how I see what's in front of me. And when I have a contaminated heart, when I've allowed toxicity in there, when, when I'm not protecting it and maintaining it, it will affect it will affect the way I see life. People that meant good, I'll, re, I'll, I'll see it and perceive it as evil. Nobody can compliment a person with an incorrect lens. You ever notice that? Even the compliments become twisted. And so my lens, I've gotta, I've gotta guard my eyes. I've gotta guard my lens. I've gotta keep my, the vision that God has given me before me. The Bible says that people without vision perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. They cast off restraint. That I need vision in my life. I need clarity of where God is directing me. I need clarity in where I'm going. But when I'm not protecting and guarding my heart, it becomes a, a hindrance to the vision. You can't go where you can't see. You can't go where you can't see. And there's so many people that are le- allowing hurts and challenges and struggles and pains within their heart. Keep them from where God wants to get them. I see it all the time. Got to protect our heart. They have a bad point of view, the perspective. It's all about perspective. My life is not dictated by the realities. It's dictated by my perspective of reality. That's the problem. An incorrect perspective. This is why the Israelites... 
when they get to the edge of the wilderness in Numbers chapter 13 and they go in, they send in 12 spies, 10 come back with a bad report, two come back with a good report. It wasn't a matter of what they saw, it was a matter of how they saw it because two saw the same thing that the 10 saw, but the 10 came back with the negative bad report. We can't do it, we can't take it. They're bigger than us, it's too overwhelming. Uh, it's got too much stuff, it's, the cities are fortified. But the two said, whatever, we got this. We'll go in, take it, let's go in right now. What happened? It was perspective. And they even said it. We are but as grasshoppers in their sight. In their sight. When's the last time I was supposed to consult my enemy on my identity? When's the last time I'm supposed to consult my enemy on my identity? When's the last time I'm supposed to ask my problem who I am? When's the last time I'm supposed to ask my struggle what I'm really capable of? Come on now. My potential is tied to my perspective. I will never have a potential uh, perspective of the potential in my life if I only have a perspective of the problems against me. And where's this all flowing? From the heart. Because these Israelites were able to come out of Egypt, but they weren't able to get Egypt out of them. Egypt had so destroyed their mindset. Egypt has so destroyed their hearts. Egypt has so destroyed their ability to see what God had placed inside of them that the reason the Egyptians put them under such bondage and slavery is because they recognized how powerful the Israelites were. And they said, if we don't break them down mentally, they're gonna overpower us, side with our enemies and overtake us. Go back to Exodus chapter one, you'll find it. And it broke them down internally that they could not fight externally. This is why we got to guard our hearts. Problems don't tell me who I am. Divorce doesn't tell me who I am. Bankruptcy doesn't tell me who I am. I don't consult my enemy on my identity. Tweet that. Come on now. The third thing I want us to see, that our heart can contaminate, affect. In verse 26 here, Proverbs chapter four, verse 26. Y'all getting something tonight? Amen. Verse 26. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left, remove your foot from evil. The third thing that your heart affects is your feet, your feet. I believe this speaks to two things. Number one, feet is what gives you a sure foundation. And when you have a contaminated heart, when you have a heart that's not healthy, it will dictate where you find a sure footing. It will keep you from becoming fixed and immovable in a position where I cannot be shaken. I cannot be moved. Many people are moved by things on the outside because they're unhealthy on the inside. They're shaken by what comes against them because they have not fortified themselves enough on the inside to ward off, fight off what comes against them. But my feet need to be locked in place. My feet need to be in a place where I can put my foot on the solid rock of the word. 
a sure foundation that will not be shaky. The Bible says that uh, 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 to, to not be a double-minded man. Unstable in what? All his ways. That my foothold, where I put my feet, determines my stability. When I'm unstable, I become weak. I become vulnerable. So my feet need to be sure. My feet need to be locked in. My feet need to be immovable. Colossians chapter three tells us to set our mind on things above. That word set means to be in a fixed, immovable position. When I've got my mind set on things above, that anything on this earth or under the earth cannot impact my footing. I'm set. I only set my mind on things above. Regardless of what I see, I know how it turns out. Regardless of what I see, I know I'm gonna get through. Regardless of what comes against me, I know I have what it takes to fight against it. Amen. The second thing that I believe our feet speaks to here is simply the direction, the steps that I take. The footing, but now my steps. The Bible says that the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. I want to take steps toward my destiny, not away from it. I want to take my steps, I want to take steps toward my calling, not away from it. But many times people have their steps disoriented and their, their steps misaligned because of what's going on on the inside of them. If I don't take care of what's going on on the inside of me, I mean, I went to Bible school. I went to Bible college. They taught me, uh, you know, things about ministry and things of the Lord and things that I needed to know to do what I'm doing today. But you know what they, they couldn't help me take care of was the inside, the heart. And I can have all the training in the world. But if I don't take care of what's on the inside, I will walk away from my destiny, not towards it. All the training in the world can't heal your heart. You don't guard your heart by being taught. You don't guard your heart by, by you know, enrolling in a new class, getting a degree, uh, you know, going through another program. You don't, you don't guard your heart. You guard your heart by becoming fixed in what God's word says. And so I want to take steps towards my destiny. Proverbs chapter four, verses five and six, you know this. Proverbs chapter four, verses five and six. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. Psalms 119, verse 11. Psalms 119, verse 11. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Your life will follow the direction of, of your heart. Your heart sets the direction that you go in, that you follow. And so my steps can be determined and are determined by what's going on in my heart. In essence, you can't get the fruit if we don't take care of the root. We cannot get the product. We cannot get the results. We will not yield the results that we know we are capable of when our heart is contaminated on the inside. God wants to heal us from the inside out. God doesn't just want, doesn't just want to modify our behavior. God doesn't want us to just get around a group of people and hope that they rub off on us. No, God wants to work from the inside 
out. Let him in. You, and, and this is the thing that I've recognized is when I get so, um, when I get in a place where I allow the wrong things in my heart, it will keep me from allowing the right things in my heart. I've seen it happen time and time again. I, I become so familiar with the wrong things getting in that when someone brings a scripture, I don't want to hear it. It's happened. Someone comes and tells you, well, you know what the word says. I don't want to hear that. Feed me some more of that junk. When, when you're used to feeding off of junk, you'll begin to resist even what's helpful and to your benefit. That's what happens. A lot of people hang around the wrong people, not because they want to hang around the wrong people, but because they, 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 they feel so convicted when they get around the right people. Condemned when they get around the right people. So they, well, this must be where I belong. Over here with this crew. Come on now. Look, we got some work to do. Anybody got some work to do? Yeah, I got my hand raised. We got some work to do on the inside. God's working on the inside. Thank you guys so much for checking out this week's message. If there is any message that you have missed or you just want to hear again, they are all available for free on iTunes. Just search Anchor Faith Church Valdosta and be sure to subscribe. That way you'll be notified once the new messages are available. Also, if you'd like to learn more about our church and what we have available for you and your family, or if you'd like to donate financially to the ministry, be sure to visit our website at anchorfaithvaldosta.com. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.